Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Quick Take, your weekly Apple-focused podcast. I'm your host, John Sherrod, and let me first apologize for not having an episode last week. Uh, I was just swamped and busy, but I do really want to try to make this a weekly podcast. So if you feel like it's been a few days too long since you expect the next episode to drop, just give me a shout out on Twitter at JWSherrod and say, hey, where's the latest episode? And also, you know, that's a good reminder that if you have any um, questions that you'd like to see addressed on the show, you can uh, drop me a line again at that Twitter account. It's probably the best place to get me, and I'd be glad to try to answer them. Well, a few things uh, since I last spoke with you. Um, the first thing is that there was an article today in TechCrunch by Matthew Panzerino, where uh, basically uh, on an internal Apple forum, uh, Tim Cook did a question and answer session, and the topic of Apple desktops came up. And if you've listened to the previous podcast here, we've talked a lot about the Mac recently and some of the uh, drama and backlash with the new MacBook Pro and some of the angst that a lot of people uh, are feeling, especially creative professionals, about whether or not you know Apple is taking the Mac seriously, and particularly the Mac desktop. It's been three years since the Mac Pro had any kind of update whatsoever. And a lot of people are wondering, is the Mac Pro dead? What's Apple got in store? So I want to read you this question that was asked of Tim Cook. It says, we had a big MacBook Pro launch in October and a powerful upgrade to the MacBook back in the spring. Are Mac desktop strategic for us? And here again, quoting from the TechCrunch article is what Tim Cook's response was. He says, the desktop is very strategic for us. It's unique compared to the notebook because you can pack a lot more performance in the desktop, the largest screens, the most memory and storage, a greater variety of I.O. and fastest performance. So there are many different reasons why desktops are really important and in some cases critical to people. The current generation iMac is the best desktop we have ever made and its beautiful Retina 5K display is the best desktop display in the world. Some folks in the media have raised the question about whether we're committed to desktops. If there's any doubt about that with our teams, let me be very clear. We have great desktops in our roadmap. Nobody should worry about that. So it's definitely encouraging to hear Tim Cook talk about the desktop. Um, Oops, sorry, is my ESPN notification is coming up on my phone. Let me mute that. Uh, So it's great to see Tim Cook address the Mac Pro, well, excuse me, address desktops. If you notice, he didn't mention the Mac Pro at all in that little bit. He did mention the iMac in particular. And, you know, if you're the conspiratorial type or you're worried or you're trying to read between the lines, it definitely would be easy to take that as maybe a sign that Tim Cook is talking about iMacs when he's talking about that great roadmap going forward, not the Mac Pro. And maybe that is what he's saying, you know, it, it. it's definitely a possibility, but we're just going to have to wait and see. But, it, you know, again, it's encouraging that he did mention the Mac desktop, and I look forward to seeing what Apple has in store, hopefully as soon as the spring. We'll see. But wouldn't surprise me either if it wasn't until next summer at the next Worldwide Developers Conference. So that is some news about the Mac this week. Um, in other news, uh, we had talked before about the fact that Apple had announced the AirPods wireless headphones, which again is basically the, just like the wired earbuds, which Apple calls earpods that you get when you buy an iPhone, except that they've cut the wires off and made them wireless. And they look really neat. They've got a great uh, you know method for pairing with your devices. And again, they announced them back in September and said that they would be ready in October. 
October came and went, and we didn't see them, and there was just some vague talk about them being delayed, but we didn't know when they were going to ship, and it was almost looking like it wasn't going to happen anytime before the end of 2016. Well, they did finally go on sale just a few days ago. Uh, if you were to go to Apple.com right now and look at them, it says that the ship time is six weeks. So uh, that that tells me that they've they've got some in the channel that you can buy, but they're in short supply, and it's going to take a while for the supply to get in full force. And that's maybe not super surprising, but it's definitely surprising that it took this long, given that Apple's timeline was end of October, and here we are near the end of December, and they're just now shipping. You may be lucky enough to find some in an Apple retail store. They did uh, make them available to the retail channel uh, soon after they went on sale. Um, but uh, you may have to order them and wait the six weeks for them to come in. I have not ordered a pair myself. I do want to get some in the future. I'm really excited to try this out and uh, you know see what they're like. Um, but I haven't ordered them yet. Hopefully get some in the near future. Um, you've got to think that Apple's disappointed that they couldn't meet that deadline because you know obviously we know that um, the holiday quarter is a uh, you know a big time for sales and retail, and you have to think that Apple was going to be able to move a bunch of those if they had them in sufficient quantities. So I'm sure Apple's bummed that they didn't get them out sooner. And I certainly am, too. I know people that would like to get a set of those. Um, so if you get them, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear some firsthand uh, reactions from uh, people who aren't kind of professional reviewers and kind of see what they're like in the real world. Another thing that got released just the other day at, at long last, another thing that was announced back in September, Super Mario Run. That's right. Uh, Mario, the classic Nintendo character and game franchise, uh, is finally available on iOS, and that's really cool. Uh, that you know, I'm 35, so you know, my generation, you know, definitely grew up as kids playing the Mario games on the Nintendo Entertainment System and later Super Nintendo and other consoles. And uh, so, you know, it's fantastic for me to see Mario come to iOS, and it's a really fun game. Uh, I bought it, and uh, you know, played through uh, all the levels. Um, Probably my biggest disappointment uh, is that I was able to get through it so quickly. Uh, I, I was I, I played through, gosh, probably three fourths of it in the first day that it was available to play, and then you know beat it the next day when I had time. And uh, uh, so that was a little bummer. I, I kind of wish it had been a little more challenging. Um, that said, they 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 did kind of bake in some nice replay value because. Uh, they make it so that you can get through each level fairly easily, but if you go back, there are some additional, more challenging things you can try to collect, and um, and that can give you some things to shoot for and kind of play back through it. So that's that's definitely a good thing. Um, it's also got um, you know kind of a versus mode where you can play against. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they're going for there, but you basically can play against a simulation of what other players would do. Um, somebody, I'm probably not getting that right. So if you want to explain to me what that's supposed to be, let me know. But then you can earn, you know, mushroom guys and, and coins and you can transfer that into, uh, like kind of building your own little magic kingdom. So it's almost like a cross between a regular Mario platform game and one of these games like, uh, the Simpsons tapped out or Farmville where you're building, you know, your own little community there. So that aspect of the game, I haven't explored nearly as much as I have the, you know, the single player, you know, classic Mario game style. Um, but I really enjoy it. 
Uh, it's ten dollars, uh, which that, you know I've talked to several people who think that's just ridiculously steep for an iOS game. Uh, I think it's it's a fair price given that basically what happens is you you download the game for free, and you can play through the first three levels fully. And then if you want to unlock the rest of the game, and there's six worlds of four levels, um, it's just a one-time in-app purchase of $9.99, and that gets you the entire game. And frankly, I find that refreshing um, when we're in this era where a lot of game developers are nickel-and-diming customers you know, through in-app currency and things like that. Uh, it's kind of refreshing to be able to just buy a game outright and play it and enjoy it on your time and not have to wait to build up you know, stuff for free to work around the limitations of not wanting to pay for in-game currency. Um, the big downside, though, is that that in-app purchase is tied to a Nintendo account. So if you have other people in your family that want to play the game, uh, you've got to set them up a Nintendo account and purchase the game separately on each device. And that is uh, a little disappointing and somewhat frustrating. It would be much better if it worked like a typical iOS app does, where you just buy it, and then you can download it on all your devices. But I understand why Nintendo wanted to go a different way with that, and I think they're going to make a killing. And frankly, I hope they do, because I love Nintendo. I love Apple. My secret dream for the last 16 years has been that somehow Apple would find a way to buy Nintendo. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but I love getting those two companies together and doing really creative things. And so I'm enjoying Super Mario Run, and I hope that they release many more sequels and, and come out with some other uh, additional fun things. Of course, they had Pokemon Go that came out in the summer, and that was a big hit, at least initially. I don't know what the long-term revenue track is on that for Nintendo, but uh, but it certainly met, was met with a lot of fanfare, and I think Super Mario Run is going to be a big hit for them, too. And I can't wait for Super Mario Run, the sequel. So that's uh, definitely something that I definitely recommend checking out. I'm going to switch gears uh, this week and, and talk a little bit about Apple and its TV efforts, but not so much Apple TV, although I definitely need to spend more time talking about that because I'm a massive Apple TV fan and I still haven't uh, covered it a whole lot on this show. Uh, but I got to thinking about this because I recently bought a new TV for my living room. And I did that because on Black Friday, my TV, uh, my main TV that I had in my living room died. Uh, you know, and that's never fun, but it was also kind of disappointing because uh, the, the TV was just shy of three years old and, uh, and I just really expected it to last a lot longer than that. Um, but, uh, and I really liked that TV too. It was, a, it was a 2013 Samsung plasma. It was one of the, if not the last plasma TVs that you could go out and buy in a store. And, um, of course there's pros and cons to you know, plasma and LED, but um, it, it had a really great picture and I loved it and I was really sad to see it go. And so uh, that led me into the store to look at new TVs and and I had, that was part of why I didn't record a show last week because I was going through buying TV and testing it out and trying to calibrate it and all this fun stuff and um, I bought an LG TV um, a variant of the UH-7700 model, and it had a lot going for it. There was a lot of good things on paper about it, but at the end of the day, I could not calibrate it to look good to me, uh, so I wound up returning it. And and what I bought instead was a Samsung uh, KU-6300, 
which is probably what I should have done in the first place. My the plasma TV I had was a Samsung, and I was a again a big fan of it, so it kind of made sense that I would probably like a, a new Samsung. And I do. I, once I got it home, actually, I got it home and powered it on, and immediately realized that the display was damaged in shipment at some point. It there was nothing you could see on the actual glass, but once the power came on and the backlit, you know, the backlight was turned on, you could see that the actual panel had been, you know, physically damaged at some point along the line. So that was a bummer. So I had to box it up, and the next morning, go back to the store and get another one. And I came home with the same model because I was really convinced that that was going to be a model that I was going to like and enjoy. And I do. I've really, I've had it um, since Saturday, and I really, really like it. Um, but it, you know, but it got me thinking that you know for for at least the last decade and, and probably going back beyond that occasionally you'll see rumors crop up that apple's going to make an actual television set you know when we think of apple tv we mostly think of the little box that apple's made that plugs into your tv and and rightfully so because apple's been doing that for the last 10 years but again there's been these these occasional rumors pop up and sometimes with so much smoke that you really think there's a fire there that says that Apple's going to actually release an actual television set. And I never really cared about that. Of course, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, well, I love Apple products. So in one sense, it would be neat to see Apple, you know, take on any product you can imagine just to see what their take on it would be. Um, but I never really felt the need for Apple to make a television set themselves because, heck, there's already companies that have expertise in this. And, you know, it's enough that I can plug in the little Apple TV, you know, um, box itself into whatever TV I buy. And then I've got the Apple television experience, essentially. And I have to say, having gone through the process of buying a new TV in the very recent past, I've kind of started thinking, well, maybe it would be nice to see Apple make a television set. And I thought about this for a couple of reasons. Um, You know, one... you go into a store to buy a TV, and of course, there's several kind of key main brands, and then a lot of you know second tier or third tier brands that you can look at. And each one of them has their own terminology for you know different technologies. You know, for example, motion smoothing. Um, you know, they're going to have a different name for that. And of course, I turn that off and recommend you do as well. Uh, but also, they'll they'll fudge stuff. Like for example. If you look in the the sub one thousand dollar four K TV range, uh, almost all of those are sixty hertz TVs. But they'll use this weasel word to make it sound like they're one hundred and twenty hertz because they're doing you know some kind of you know processing uh, to use software to make it appear like a one hundred and twenty hertz TV. And they won't come out and say it's one hundred and twenty hertz because they can't legally say that. But they'll you know, use language like true motion 120 and they'll leave off the the hertz. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of weasel language. And then you've got uh, a lot of fudging about what constitutes, you know, SUHD and UHD is kind of the, the phrase for 4K. They don't like to come out and say 4K in a lot of cases because really the home video, uh, the consumer level 4k isn't the full 4k resolution so they've kind of come around this this uhd i guess for ultra hd term and but now there's the emerging standard for super uhd where do you have you know uh high you know wide color gamut and you know high dynamic range content so it's it's really an exhausting process to shop for a tv now 
Um, of course, there's nothing wrong with just going into the store and looking at the TVs and finding the picture that you think looks best and take it home. But if you're really looking at uh, the process of you know going through and looking at all the features and trying to make the quote-unquote most educated purchase you can make, it almost feels like you need a college degree in televisions to, to kind of make that decision. So I you know poured through tons of reviews and looked at specs and all this stuff and, and still ultimately wound up taking back the first TV I bought and going with a different one that uh, in some respects is not as good as the one I'd bought before on paper anyway, but to me actually it looks better, which is, you know, at the end of the day, what's the most important thing when buying a new TV probably. So part of me wants to see Apple do it just because, you know, Apple would bring a lot more simplicity and clarity to that purchase decision. Um, you know, and that's not to say that if Apple had a TV, you shouldn't look at other competitive products as well. But, you know, if you're a fan of Apple products and you, you kind of have some trust in the brand, then, you know, you might go and say, okay, I feel comfortable buying a TV from Apple. Let's just take a look at the options they have. And, you know, I could see a scenario where they might have two or three different screen sizes and then some, uh, other things like storage capacity for apps and things like that. But just in the, the ability to provide me with a, a simple product with probably less, you know, confusing weasel words and that sort of thing. I'd love to see Apple do it. Uh, another thing that makes me want to see Apple do it is privacy. And I say that because it's almost impossible now to go into a retail store and buy a quote unquote dumb TV. All these TVs that you buy are smart TVs, which means you're basically buying a computer in a sense that hangs on your wall. Um, because when you boot these things up and you are, you press the power button and you are going through a boot process. You can't see it, but it's happening and it loads in, um, you know, a set of menus designed by the TV manufacturer. So in my case, Samsung, and it's got their own built in apps and everything. And, um, a lot of these, if not most of these different TVs are asking you to sign a privacy policy because what they're wanting to do is monitor your viewing habits so they can actually uh, provide you with advertisements. And the advertisements show up in the menus where you're flipping between apps and that sort of thing. And so, you know, on the one hand, if Apple made their own TV, they're not going to put those scummy ads in there because we know that because they don't do that on the Apple TV they sell now. And you have to imagine that if they made an Apple television set, that it would be you know, a display panel and a computer that's running Apple's Apple TV just built into the television. Uh, so you wouldn't have all those scummy ads. And, you know, not only that, but I have a lot more trust in Apple's privacy policy than I do in most other companies uh, because of the very strong stands that we've seen Apple and under Tim Cook take in, in recent, you know, months and years on the privacy scene. Um, that's not to say that you should trust Apple. I've said many times before that, you know, you should never trust any company, but Apple has made such strong stands in favor of consumer privacy that if they were ever caught violating that, it would be a major, major blow against them. And so, um, I trust Apple on privacy a lot more than I trust any other company. And so for that reason alone, it would be great to see, uh, Apple make a TV, and the other thing that I've kind of thought of in this process, and, and I didn't really think about it much until I went through this recent process of buying a new TV, is that, you know, as I said, you almost can't buy a television set anymore that's not a smart TV. And so for a lot of customers, do they need to buy the Apple TV black box and plug into their television set? Uh, 
Uh, of course, the Apple TV can do a whole lot more than most or all of these things um, that you're going to buy in a smart TV. But, you know, a lot of customers really just want Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube, maybe Hulu, and a couple others. And a lot of these TVs have those apps built in, and Apple TV still doesn't have the Amazon Prime app for video. So um, I do think that uh, a lot of customers are going to buy a smart TV, and they're going to say, well, I'm good. I don't need to buy an Apple TV. And, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I certainly don't have the expertise to look at the industry and, you know, kind of see what Apple or some of these other companies are seeing. But it does make me wonder if a lot of people are just going to be content with the apps that come built into their TV and never consider an Apple TV. And that's not even considering some of the other strategic problems Apple TV has not being available for sale in the Amazon store, et cetera. But, you know, it, there might come a time where if Apple is serious about having a presence in the living room, that they actually have to make a television set. And so these are just some things I've been thinking of lately and kind of wanted to share my thoughts and would love to hear yours. You know, should Apple make a television set or is the Apple TV box enough? Um, also, if you have a smart TV, do you feel the need for an Apple TV? So I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to hit me up on Twitter at JWSherrod, that's J-W-S-H-E-R-R-O-D, I'd love to hear it. And lastly, and I meant to talk about this at the very beginning, and I don't think I did. So if I if you hear it twice, that's it's late and I'm tired, and that's probably what's going on. But the thing that I noticed is I was just occasionally what I'll do is I'll go to my Apple TV and go to the App Store and just kind of see what's new. And I noticed today that there is an Amazon app. And before you get too excited, it's not an Amazon Prime Video app, so it's not a way to watch Amazon TV shows and movies and that sort of thing. What it is is it's a way it's a it's an app for for shopping Amazon's online retail store, and so this app is made by Amazon. It dropped in the TVOS App Store on December thirteenth, and it allows you to browse through and kind of window shop the Amazon store, which is kind of a nice way to do it on your big screen because you could see the images really big, and uh, and that's really helpful. But what's interesting about this, not only is this Amazon's first foray into a tvOS app, but if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can purchase things through the app. And uh, that's a pretty big deal. And what that tells me is that if Amazon's willing to do that, I'll bet they're willing to make a Prime Video app. And so I just have this feeling that in the not-too-distant future, we're going to finally see that long-awaited Amazon Prime Video app available for tvOS. And what that also should mean is that we're going to see the Apple TV available for sale in the Amazon store. And that's a huge deal. If that does happen, it's a shame that they couldn't get it worked out before Christmas because just like with the AirPods, um, Apple, I'm sure Apple is selling a lot of Apple TVs for Christmas, but they could have sold a whole lot more if it were available for sale in the Amazon store. And just as a refresher, in case you're wondering, okay, well, why isn't it already on sale in the store? Amazon has a policy where they won't sell a TV, a smart TV, or a streaming or a, a TV box like the Apple TV unless it's able to play Amazon Prime video content. And there's not an Amazon Prime video app for Apple TV, and so they've never allowed Apple to sell it in the uh, Amazon store since the new Apple TV came out. Uh, and now, of course, 
in many ways, the ball's in Amazon's court to make the app. They have to make the app, but they've never been willing to agree to Apple's terms, um, uh, App Store terms and conditions, which I get because I don't want to give Apple a cut of the money they make on the app or through the app. Again, I totally get that, but uh, I just have a feeling that if they're willing to make A, an Amazon Store app, and B, an Amazon Store app that you can actually buy things through with your Amazon Prime membership, I just have a feeling that that's just a harbinger of them coming out with an Apple TV app for their Prime Video series, and I would love that. Honestly, I have watched very little content on Amazon Prime thus far, even though I have an Amazon Prime membership, and the main reason is because I just didn't have a good way to watch it. It wasn't available on the Apple TV, and I didn't have a smart TV until now. I do have a, a Fire TV stick that I bought when they first came out, and recently I've, I've plugged that in um, and, and once a week for new episodes of The Grand Tour, which is uh, a show I've been watching on Amazon, and so that's kind of given me a good reason to go watch stuff in Amazon. But now that I've got a smart TV with the Prime app built in, I can watch it there. But, um, of course, I, you know I've, I've spoken to several people who have said that the reason they haven't bought an Apple TV yet is because they didn't have the Prime app built in. And I totally get that. And so uh, if that day comes, and again, I think it's coming pretty soon, I think you're going to see a big uptick in Apple TV sales. So that's the show for this week. Uh, I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas and safe travels if you're traveling to spend time with family uh, this holiday. And uh, again, if you have any questions or a topic you want to hear addressed in the show, uh, just give me a shout out on Twitter and I'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Bye.